Chapter 37 of Genesis, beginning the last cycle of Toledot, what I'd call Yosef's cycle, although it's going to open up claiming to be Yaakov's. Here we go. Yaakov settled in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the begettings of Yaakov. Yosef, 17 years old, used to tend the sheep along with his brothers, for he was a serving lad with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Yosef brought a report of them, an ill one, to their father. Now Israel loved Yosef above all his sons, for he was a son of old age to him. So he made him an ornamented coat. When his brothers saw that it was he whom their father loved above all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak to him in peace. Yosef dreamt a dream and told it to his brothers. From then on they hated him still more. He said to them, Pray, hear this dream that I have dreamt. Here we were binding sheaf bundles out in the field. And here my sheaf arose, and it was standing upright. And here your sheaves were circling round and bowing down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Would you be king, yes, king, over us? Or would you really rule, yes, rule, us? From then on they hated him all the more, for his dreams, for his words. But he dreamt still another dream, and recounted it to his brothers. He said, Here I have dreamt still another dream. Here the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he recounted it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have dreamt? Shall we come, yes, come, I, your mother and your brothers, to bow down to you to the ground? His brothers envied him while his father kept the matter in mind. His brothers went to tend their father's sheep in Shechem. Israel said to Yosef, Are not your brothers tending sheep in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He said to him, Here I am. And he said to him, Come, pray, look into the well-being of your brothers and into the well-being of the sheep, and bring me back word. So he sent him out from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem, and a man came upon him. Here he was roaming in the field. The man asked him, saying, What do you seek? He said, I seek my brothers. Pray tell me where they are tending sheep. The man said, They have moved on from here. Indeed, I heard them say, Let us go to Dotan. Yosef went after his brothers and came upon them in Dotan. They saw him from afar, and before he had gotten near them, they plotted cunningly against him to cause his death. They said, each man to his brother, Here comes that dreamer. So now, come, let us kill him, and cast him into one of these pits, and say, 
An ill-tempered beast has devoured him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. When Reuben heard it, he tried to rescue it from their hand. He said, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Do not shed blood. Cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand upon him, in order that he might save him from their hand to return him to his father. So it was, when Yosef came to his brothers, that they stripped Yosef of his coat, the ornamented coat that he had on. And they took him and cast him into the pit. Now the pit was empty, no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. They lifted up their eyes and saw there was a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, and their camels carrying balm, balsam, laudanum, traveling to take them down to Egypt. Yehuda said to his brothers, What gain is there if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come. Let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. But let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our flesh, and his brothers listen to him. Meanwhile, some Midianite men, merchants, passed by, and they hauled up Yosef from the pit and sold Yosef to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Yosef to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit, here, Yosef was no more in the pit. He rent his garments and returned to his brothers and said, The child is no more, and I, where where am I to go? But they took Yosef's coat, they slew an airy goat, they dipped the coat in blood, they had the ornamented coat sent out, and had it brought to their father, and said, We found this. Pray recognize whether it is your son's coat or not. He recognized it and said, My son's coat. An ill-tempered beast has devoured him. Yosef is torn, torn to peaches. Yaakov rent his clothes. He put sackcloth on his loins and mourned his son for many days. All his sons and daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He said, No, I will go down to my son in mourning to Sheol. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's court official, chief of the palace guard. So ends chapter 37. Genesis chapter 38, the story of Joseph. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's court official, chief of the palace guard. Now, it was about that time that Yehuda went down away from his brothers and turned aside to an Adullamite man. His name was Hira. There Yehuda saw the daughter of a Canaanite man. His name was Shua. And he took her as his wife and came into her. She became pregnant bore a son, and he called his name Ex-er. She became pregnant again, and bore a son, and she called his name Onan, 
Once again she bore a son, and she called his name Shelah. Now he was in Seziv when she bore him. Yehuda took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Yehuda's firstborn, did ill in the lies of Yahweh, and Yahweh caused him to die. Yehuda said to Onan, Come into your brother's wife, and do a brother-in-law's duty by her to preserve seed for your brother. But Onan knew that the seed would not be his. So it was, whenever he came into his brother's wife, he let it go to ruin on the ground, so as not to provide seed for his brother. What he did was ill in the size of Yahweh, and he caused him to die as well. Now Yehuda said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Sit as a widow in your father's house until Shelah, my son, has grown up. For he said to himself, Otherwise he will die as well like his brothers. So Tamar went and stayed in her father's house, and many days passed. Shua's daughter, Yehuda's wife, died. When Yehuda had been comforted, he went up to his sheep shearers, he and his friend Hira the Adulamite, to Timnah. And Tamnar was told, saying, Here, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. She removed her widow's garments from her covered herself with a veil and wrapped herself and sat down by the entrance to Anayim to Wells, which is on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah had grown up, and she had not been given to him as a wife. When Yehuda saw her, he took her for a whore, so she had covered her face. So he turned aside to her by the road and said, Come now, pray, let me come in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will you give me for coming into me? And he said, I myself will send out a goat kid from the flock. She said, Only if you give me a pledge until you send it. He said, What is the pledge that I am to give you? She said, Your seal, your cord, and your staff that is in your hand. He gave them to her and then came into her she became pregnant by him. She arose and went away. Then she put off her veil from her and clothed herself in her widow's garments. Now when Yehuda sent the goat kid by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to fetch the pledge from the woman's hand, he could not find her. He asked the people of her place, saying, Where is that holy prostitute, the one in two wells by the road? They said, there has been no prostitute here. So he returned to Yehuda and said, I could not find her. Moreover, the people of the place said, There has been no holy prostitute there. Yehuda said, Let her keep them for herself, lest we become a laughingstock. Here, I sent her this kid, but you, you could not find her. Now it was after almost three new moons that Yehuda was told, saying, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the whore. In fact, she has become pregnant from whoring. Yehuda said, Bring her out and let her be burned. But as soon as she was brought out, 
she sent a message to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whom these belong, I am pregnant. And she said, Pray recognize, whose seal and cords and staff are these? Yehuda recognized them and said, She is in the right more than I. For after all, I did not give her to Shelah my son, for he did not know her again. Now it was at the time of her birthing that here twins were in her body. And it was as she was giving birth that one of them put out a hand. The midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. But it was as he pulled back his hand, Here, his brother came out. And so she said, What a breach you have breached for yourself. And so they called his name Parrot's Breach. And afterward his brother came out, on whom the hand was the scarlet thread, and they called his name Zerah. So ends chapter 38. Chapter 39 of Genesis in the Joseph Cycle, the Yosef Toledot near the end of the book. Now when Yosef was brought down to Egypt, Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, the chief of the guard, an Egyptian man, acquired him from the hand of the Ishmaelites who brought him down there. But Yahweh was with Yosef so that he became a man of success. While he was in the house of his lord, the Egyptian, his lord saw that Yahweh was with him, and whatever he did, Yahweh made succeed in his hands. Yosef found favor in his eyes, and he waited upon him. He appointed him over his house, and everything belonging to him he placed in his hands. And it was from when he appointed him over his house and over everything that belonged to him that Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house because of Yosef. Yahweh's blessing was upon everything that belonged to him in the house and in the fields. So he left everything that was his in Yosef's hands, not concerning himself about anything with him here except for the bread that he ate. Now Yosef was fair of form and fair to look at. Now after these events it was that his lord's wife fixed her eyes upon Yosef and said, Lie with me. But he refused. He said to his lord's wife, Look, my lord need not concern himself with anything in the house with me here, and everything that belongs to him he has placed in my hands. He is no greater in this house than I and has withheld nothing from me except for yourself, since you are his wife. So how could I do this great ill? I would be sinning against God. Now it was, as she would speak to Yosef day after day, that he would not hearken to her, to lie beside her, to be with her. So it was on such a day, when he came into the house to do his work, and none of the house people was there in the house, that she grabbed him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled, escaping outside. Now it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, that she called in her house people and said to them, saying, See, 
he has brought to us a Hebrew man to play around with us. He came to me to lie with me, but I cried out with a loud voice. And it was when he heard that I lifted up my voice and called out, then that he laid his garment beside me and fled, escaping outside. And she kept his garment beside her until his Lord came back to the house. And then she spoke to him according to these words, saying, There came to me the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us to play around with me. But it was when I lifted up my voice and called out that he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now it was when his Lord heard his wife's words which he spoke to him, saying, According to these words your servant did to me, that his anger flared up. Yosef's Lord took him and put him in the dungeon house, in the place where the king's prisoners are imprisoned. But while he was there in the dungeon house, Yahweh was with Yosef and extended kindness to him. He put his favor in the eyes of the dungeon warden, and the dungeon warden put in Yosef's hands all the prisoners that were in the dungeon house. Whatever had to be done there, it was he that did it. The dungeon warden did not need to see anything at all in his hands, since Yahweh was with him, and whatever he did, Yahweh made succeed. So ends chapter 39. Chapter 40 of Genesis, reading in February 2017, a continuing saga of Yosef. Now after these events it was that the cup-bearer and the baker of the king of Egypt fell afoul of their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh became infuriated with his two officials, with the chief cup-bearer and the chief baker, and he placed them in custody in the house of the chief of the guard, in the dungeon house, the place where Joseph was imprisoned. The chief of the guard appointed Joseph for them, that he should wait upon them. They were in custody for many days. And then the two of them dreamt a dream, each man in his own dream, in a single night, each man according to his dream's interpretation, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were imprisoned in the dungeon house. When Yosef came to them in the morning and saw them, here they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in custody in the house of his lord, saying, Why are your faces in such ill humor today? They said to him, We have dreamt a dream, and there is no interpreter for it. Yosef said to them, are not interpretations from God? Pray recount them to me. The chief cupbearer recounted his dream to Yosef, and he said to him, In my dream here a vine was in front of me, and on the vine three winding tendrils. And just as it was budding, the blossom came up, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Now Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I picked the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and put the cup in Pharaoh's palm. Yosef said to him, This is its interpretation. The three windings are three days, 
In another three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head. He will restore you to your position so that you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand once more. According to the former practice, when you were his cupbearer. But keep me in mind with you when it goes well for you. Pray deal kindly with me and call me to mind to Pharaoh so that you have me brought out of this house, for I was stolen, yes, stolen from the land of the Hebrews. And here, too, I have done nothing that they should have put me in the pit. When the chief baker saw that he had interpreted for good, he said to Yosef, I, too, in my dream, here three baskets of white bread were on my head, and in the uppermost basket all sorts of edibles for Pharaoh, baker's work, and birds were eating them from the basket from off my head. And Yosef gave answer, and he said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In another three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you. He will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from off you. And thus it was on the third day, Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a great drinking feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker amidst his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his cupbearership, so he put the cup in Pharaoh's palm once again, but the chief baker he hanged, just as Yosef had interpreted to him. But the chief cupbearer did not keep Joseph in mind. He forgot him. Chapter 41 of Genesis and the Shocking Bible, February 2017, continuing the story of Yosef. Now at the end of two years' time it was that Pharaoh dreamt. Here he was standing by the Nile stream, and here, out of the Nile, seven cows were coming up, fair to look at and fat of flesh, and they grazed on the reed grass, and here seven other cows were coming up after them out of the Nile, ill to look at and lean of flesh. And they stood beside the other cows on the bank of the Nile. Then the cows ill to look at and the lean of flesh ate up the seven cows fair to look at, the fat ones. And Pharaoh awoke. He fell asleep and dreamt a second time. Here, seven ears of grain were going up on a single stalk, fat and good. And here, seven ears, lean and scorched by the east wind, were springing up after them. Then the lean ears swallowed up the seven ears fat and full, and Pharaoh awoke. And here it was a dream. But in the morning it was that his spirit was agitated. So he sent and had all of Egypt's magicians and all of its wise men called. And Pharaoh recounted his dream to them, but no one could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke up to Pharaoh, saying, I must call my faults to, to, to mind today. And Pharaoh was once infuriated with his servants, and placed me in custody in the house of the chief of the guard, myself and the chief baker, and we dreamt a dream, and one single night I and he, 
We dreamt each man according to the interpretation of his dream. Now, there was a Hebrew lad there with us, a servant to the chief of the guard. And we recounted to him, and he interpreted our dreams to us. For each man, according to his dream, he interpreted. And thus it was. As he interpreted to us, so it was. I was restored to my position, and he was hanged. Pharaoh sent and had Yosef called. They hurriedly brought him out of the pit. He shaved, changed his clothes, and came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Yosef, I have dreamt a dream, and there is no interpreter for it. I have heard it said of you that you but need to hear a dream in order to interpret it. Yosef answered Pharaoh, saying, Not I, God will answer what it is for Pharaoh's welfare. Pharaoh spoke to Yosef, In my dream, here, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, and here out of the Nile were coming up seven cows, fat of flesh and fair of form, and they grazed on the reed grass. And here seven other cows were coming up after them, wretched and exceedingly ill of form and lank of flesh. In all the land of Egypt I have never seen their like for ill condition. Then the seven lank and ill-looking cows ate up the first seven cows, the fat ones. They entered their body, but you would not know that they had entered their body, for they were as ill-looking as at the beginning. Then I awoke, and I saw again in my dream. Here, seven ears were going up on a single stalk, full and good. And here, seven ears, hardened, lean, and scorched by the east wind, were springing up after them. Then the lean ears swallowed up the seven good ears. Now I have spoken with the magicians, but there is no one that can tell me the answer. Yosef said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dream is one. What God is about to do, he has told Pharaoh. The seven good cows are seven years. The seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven lank and ill-looking cows that are coming up after them are seven years. And the seven ears, hollow and scorched by the east wind, will be seven years of famine. This is the word that I speak to Pharaoh, what God is about to do. He has let Pharaoh see. Here seven years are coming of great abundance in all the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will arise after them, when all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will destroy the land, and you will not know of that abundance in the land because of that famine afterward, for it will be exceedingly heavy. Now as for the twofold repetition in the dream to Pharaoh, it means that the manner is determined by God, and God is hastening to do it. So now, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint appointed overseers for the land. 
dividing the land of Egypt into five parts during the seven years of abundance. Let them collect all kinds of food from these good years that are coming. And let them pile up grain under the Pharaoh's hand as food provision in the cities and keep it under guard. So the provisions will be an appointed reserve for the land for the seven years of famine that will occur in the land of Egypt so that the land will not be cut off by the famine. The words seemed good in Pharaoh's eyes and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Could we find another like him, a man in whom is the spirit of a god? Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since a god has made you know all this, there is none as wise and discerning as you. You shall be one over my house. To your order shall all my people submit. Only by the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said further to Joseph, See, I place you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's hand and had him clothed in linen garments and put the gold chain upon his neck. And he had him mount the chariot of his second in rank and they called out before him, Avrach, attention. And thus he placed him over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Yosef, I am Pharaoh, but without you no man shall raise hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Yosef's name Tsazfanat Paniah, the God speaks and he lives. He gave him Asenat, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, as a wife. And Yosef's influence went out over all the lands of Egypt. Now Yosef was thirty years old when he stood in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Yosef went out from Pharaoh's presence and passed through all the land of Egypt. In the seven years of abundance the land produced in handfuls, and he collected all kinds of provisions from those seven years that occurred in the land of Egypt, and placed provisions in the towns, the provisions from the fields of a town surrounding it he placed in it as well. So Yosef piled up grain like the sand of the sea exceedingly much until they had to stop counting, for it was uncountable. Now two sons were born to Yosef before the year of famine came, whom Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Yosef called the name of the firstborn Manashe, he who makes me forget. Meaning, God has made me forget all my hardships, all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, double fruit. Meaning, God has made me bear fruit in the land of my affliction. There came to an end the seven years of abundance that had occurred in the land of Egypt. And there started to come the seven years of famine, as Joseph had said. Famine occurred in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt felt the famine, and the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread, Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, Go with Joseph, whatever he says to you, do. Now the famine was over all the surface of the earth. 
Yosef opened up all storehouses in which there was grain and gave out rations to the Egyptians. Since the famine was becoming stronger in the land of Egypt, and all lands came to Egypt to buy rations to Yosef, for the famine was strong in all lands. So ends chapter 41. Chapter 42 of Genesis, the continuing saga of Yaakov during the famine. When Yaakov saw that there were rations in Egypt, Yaakov said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at one another? And he said, Here I have heard that there are rations in Egypt. Go down there and buy us rations from there, that we may live and not die. So Yosef's brother went down, ten of them, to buy some ration grain from Egypt. But Benjamin, Yosef's brother, Yaakov would not send with his brothers, for he said, Lest harm befall him. The sons of Israel came to buy rations amongst those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Yosef was the governor over the land. It was he who supplied rations to all the people of the land. And Yosef's brother came, bowed low to him, brow to the ground. When Yosef saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended no recognition of them and spoke harshly with them. He said to them, From where do you come? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food rations. Now, although Yosef recognized his brothers for their part, they did not recognize him. And Yosef was reminded of the dreams that he had dreamt of them. He said to them, You are spies. It is to see the nakedness of the land that you have come. They said to him, No, my lord. Rather, your servants have come to buy food rations. We are all of us sons of a single man. We are honest. Your servants have never been spies. But he said to them, No, for it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. They said, Your servants are twelve. We are brothers, sons of a single man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is with our father now, and one is no more. Yosef said to them, It is just as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. Hereby shall you be tested. As Pharaoh lives, you shall not depart from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you to fetch your brother, whilst the rest of you remain as prisoners. Thus will your words be tested, whether there is truth in you or not. As Pharaoh lives, indeed, you are spies. He removed them into custody for three days. And Yosef said to them on the third day, Do this and stay alive, for I hold God in awe. If you are honest, let one of your brothers be held prisoner in the house of your custody. And as for you, go, bring back rations for the famine supply of your households, then bring your youngest brother back to me so that your words will be proven truthful, and you will not die. They prepared to do so, 
But they said, each man to his brother, Truly we are guilty concerning our brother, that we saw his heart's distress when he implored us, and we did not listen. Therefore this distress has come upon us. Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not say to you, Do not sin against the child? But you would not listen. So for his blood, now satisfaction is demanded. Now they did not know that Yosef was listening, for the translator was between them. But he turned away from them and wept. When he was able to return to them, he spoke to them and had Shimon taken away from them, imprisoning him before their eyes. Then Yosef commanded that they fill their vessels with grain and return their silver pieces into each man's sack to give them victuals for the journey. And so did so for them. Then they loaded up their rations onto their donkeys and went from there. But as one opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the night camp, he saw his silver. There it was in the mouth of his pack. And he said to his brothers, My, my silver has been returned, yes, here in my pack. And their, their hearts gave way. They trembled to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? They came home to Yaakov, their father, in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had befallen them, saying, The man, the lord of the land, spoke harshly with us. He took us for those that spy on the land. Now we said to him, We are honest, we have never been spies. We are twelve brothers all, the sons of our father. One is no more, the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the lord of the land, said to us, Hereby shall I know that you are honest. Leave one of your brothers with me, and as for the famine supply of your household, take it and go. But bring your youngest brother back to me, so that I may know that you are not spies, that you are honest. Then I will give your brother back to you, and you may travel about the land. But it was when they emptied their sacks, there was each man's silver pouch in his sack. And they looked upon their silver pouches, they and their father, and became frightened. Yarkov, their father, said to them, It is I that you bereave. Yosef is no more. Shimon is no more. Now you would take Benjamin. Upon me has all this come. Reuben said to his father, saying, My two sons you may put to death if I do not bring him back to you. Place him in my hands, and I myself will return him to you. But he said, My son is not to go down with you, for his brother is dead and he alone is left. Should harm befall him on the journey unto which you are going, you will bring down my gray hair in grief to Sheol. So ends chapter 42. Let's call this week the Toledot of Yaakov's Sons. Chapters 37 to 42. This week you may 
think you recognize the plotline from Joseph's Technicolor dream coat, the Disneyfication of Scripture, or maybe a Sunday school story about a heroic boy. Let's try to read it this week as the Toledo of us and them. The issues of twelve tribes of Israel conflicts amongst them in a wider context, a way of making sense, construing, constructing our world and our place in it. This week starts with Yosef sold out. The brothers barely restrained from fratricide, outright killing him, motivated by jealousy of the blessed beloved one whose besetting sin in turn may be vanity. It ends up with Joseph, rich and powerful, the brothers beholden to him, Simeon held hostage to coerce Benjamin's delivery. Which is your tribe? Who's your Joseph tribe of fortune and favor? What's our history of selling out our brothers of resentment? Grudges of failing the geographic cure of leaving home. So, Monday, it's chapter 37, selling out Joseph. At least they don't kill him, eh? Is it damning with faint praise that Simeon softens the blow and Judah turns it into a sellout for profit? How bad are the Ishmaelite, Midianite, Cousins. Envy and comparisons captured in dreams. I got a t-shirt, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. What's it mean to be a community of communities? Beyond multicultural, toward intercultural, reading these legends differently, code switching. Tuesday, chapter 38, Onan's Sin, Judah settles and marries a local Canaanite. His firstborn, Ur, is wicked and dies. His widow, Tamar, is failed, first by her brother-in-law, Onan, and then by her father-in-law, Judah. So she tricks Judah into providing what he denied by delay, a claim on her security. Like Dinah, must she be reduced to victim or whore? Why not celebrate it? For her survival. Wednesday, chapter 39, Integrity's Rewards. Joseph arises in Egypt as a servant, not a slave. Potiphar's wife abuses her power. Joseph resists her seduction, not her lies. Joseph rises as a prisoner to be a trustee in the prison, making something out of his limited opportunity, serving, not enslaved. Thursday, chapter 40, a humbler integrity. Joseph's survival or success in Egypt told in a Eloist voice is less grand. He helps his cellmates, who in turn forget his gifts for a while. Friday, chapter 41, Pharaoh's Nightmare. The dreams of privilege and power are nightmares. We're always anxious with a lot to lose, contrasted with the hopeful who have nothing to lose. Dimly discern the shape of things to come, seven fat years 
are followed by seven lean ones. So, what's your social location? Spatial and temporal and social and economic. With Joseph prisoner and Pharaoh anxious. Joseph's prime of life in management, with Egyptian sons eponymous for two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. What place can you find for yourself in that story this time? Saturday, chapter 42, the tables are turned. Yet again, as in each generation, famine seeks us, drives us to seek succor in Egypt. Jacob Israel sends ten sons to forage. Rachel's elder is already lost, her youngest held back. The six of Leah and the four of the maids are risked. With which tribe do you identify as earlier tribes did? What later historic perspectives do you share? 2020 hindsight on the fall of Israel, then the fall of Judah. The one envied and sold out, unrecognized, now has the upper hand, and plays a game of hostage to draw the precious youngest. The karmic consequences of bad behaviors. Enjoy the week.